Hello, and welcome to today's Tenant Cloud podcast. My name is Chris Flugie, and I am your host. My goal in each and every episode is to provide you with incredibly valuable content filled with real-world insights from highly experienced landlords, property managers, and real estate investors to help you become a more informed, better educated, and successful landlord. In today's podcast, I sat down with Matt Easton to talk about how smaller operators can leapfrog the largest portfolios in occupancy, top line revenue, and cash flow per unit. Matt Easton is the king of leasing apartments and the founder of Leasing University. In case you haven't heard of it, Leasing University is the number one apartment leasing training in the world. Leasing University's on-demand platform and live events have simplified how the industry leases apartments. Matt's mission in life is to help give property management professionals more confidence and the skills they need to sign more leases. Matt Easton has personally helped hundreds of apartment communities and individual owners do billions in additional revenue. I think you'll find this interview full of fantastic insights and packed with incredible value for your rental business. Let's listen in. And first off, thanks for having me. Huge fan of the podcast, huge fan of Tenant Cloud, and uh, it's just it's just a real pleasure to be here, especially with your audience. I, I love any opportunity to you know help them help open their eyes and and help make uh, their operations easier for them. So for those of you that haven't uh, that don't know me, my name is Matt Easton. Uh, most people that find me, you know, if you search Google for how to lease apartments or you look on YouTube for you know, how to how to increase top line revenue, how to increase occupancy. You're you're hard pressed to find uh, anybody but me. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Not a good thing for people out there. But uh, most of the content around, you know, hey, how do we how do we get more done? How do we lease these apartments? Uh, you know, will we ever have an opportunity to start raising rents? Maybe like we did in the past. All of those subjects. I'm kind of the go to person. Uh, around those things. Maybe I need to get a life, but uh, I've really dedicated my life to helping operators, big, small, and everything in between, uh, figure out how they can help their people uh, lease more lease more apartments. And that's, that's really the genesis of Leasing University. So with Leasing University, we do, there's an online platform uh, that leasing agents and property managers can access 24-7, 365, uh, we're the only company out there that issues the certified leasing consultant credential. And then along with that platform, I do Zoom coaching calls uh, with all of our clients. Uh, so we get together on a very regular basis and I work with them on things like, you know, hey, how do I handle it when somebody says the the place down the street's giving me three weeks free? Uh, you know, any of those real world, very, very specific real world uh, stuff. Uh, that's where you'll find Leasing University. And the, the something that we're really proud of, Chris, is folks that go through our courses, folks that use our system, our methodology, uh, typically see a 7x improvement in lead to lease. So uh, just to be clear on that, same marketing campaign, same marketing spend, Chris, seven times more leases by simply uh, you know, making some very, very simple uh, changes to their sales process. And that's something that I'm, I'm very proud of on the, the smaller operator side, Chris, because, you know, as an, as an investor myself, as a, back in the day, I used to be a, a smaller owner. I know how uh, tight those resources are. And, and quite frankly, smaller operators can't afford to make missteps, you know, that those larger players could because they just don't have the capital to, to be able to make mistakes. 
Sure, there's only a little wiggle room there. You bet. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like it's a very um, personal approach to it. It's a very, it doesn't sound like it's a one size fits all. Does that, is that pretty accurate? Uh, yes and no. Yes. On personal approach, one size um, fits all it is. And, and that's something that, you know, I, I would hope on this, this podcast and, and selfishly, I hope that of all of your episodes, this is, is if not the one, but one of the top ones where your listeners walk away and go, whoa, <laughs> my mind was blown. Um, and this is something that my mind was blown on in the, in the past in that any market at any price point, Chris, I don't care if you're an old 1960s garden style apartment or even a, you know, a, a 10 plex or a rooftop ultra luxury, you know, 500 unit brand new lease up community with a rooftop saltwater dog wash. Um, what I have found is some <laughs> of the things that we're going to talk about today really apply. And there's, there's absolutely no difference between the right way to do things and the wrong way to do things, whether you're a large operator or a smaller operator. And for our listeners out there on the smaller side, the larger people haven't figured this out yet. <laughs> so I'm going to explain some stuff to you that those, those huge REITs, you know, the, the plus 50,000 unit players out there, they have yet to figure this out. And that's where I think a smaller operator, if they can uh, have kind of the, some of the same epiphanies that I had years ago, they'll be able to leapfrog those, those larger, those larger players out there. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, that makes things a little simpler for people if it is more of a one-size-fits-all. There's common principles that can be learned and a, a set path that people can take to yes. achieving those goals. That makes it a lot easier than having to figure out a personalized approach and then having to remember that single approach. And then maybe they have, mul maybe they have multiple types of properties in their portfolio. Maybe they have 10 single-family homes and then have a a 50 unit apartment complex and they don't have to take different approaches in this case. What you're you saying bet. is they can take what you teach and what you're, what we're talking about here and they can apply it to all of those properties and have the same results achieved regardless of where the property's at, how big they are, so on and so forth. Yeah. A lot like some of the decisions that they make with, with technology, a lot like how, you know, folks have found tenant cloud. Sometimes those simple easy solutions, the simple, easy decisions that were kind of right under our nose the whole time are really the answer for cash flow, for top line revenue, for occupancy. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be complicated. That's, we don't like complicated. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> the simpler I can make something, the better. The more efficient I can make it, the better. Don't yeah. want to be having to play guessing games. That's awesome. Yeah. So in when comparing a smaller operator to a larger operator, uh, in your opinion, if there were a difference between the two, what would you say that biggest difference would be? Other than I think you already mentioned the whole, you have a little bit more room for error if you're a larger operator, just because you have larger budgets, larger revenue, all that good stuff. Yeah. Before we get into that, Chris, if I could, let me kind of take you, let's all jump in the time machine here. <laughs> and sure. let me just take you through a journey of of property management through time and kind of the winners and the losers and, and where things have gone. So yeah, this is something where those larger players, this has been a, an area of frustration for them historically. 
And it was an issue in the past, but it's not today. So winners of the past, okay? And when I say the past, in some senses, I'm talking about the 80s. In some senses, I'm talking about the 90s. I'm probably going to date myself here. But I, I remember the days when, you know, if you wanted an apartment, you had to either buy a newspaper and look in the classified ads or you'd go to those little newspaper kiosks with the four rent magazines. Yes, I'm old enough to remember those. Um, I'm, I'm talking about that when I talk about the past, but I'm also talking about the past in terms of five years ago, right? Two, two years mm -hmm. ago. We, we've had a lot of change recently, but winners in the past for the most part, whether it's 80s, 90s, five years ago, maybe not so much five years ago on the technology side, but you could be a winner in the past with no technology, right? and no sales process. A lot like the classic rule that we learn in real estate, it was all location, location, location. Okay? Sure. Now we have losers today that have, fast forward kind of to today's marketplace, some have technology, some don't. I would say the majority of operators out there have some sort of technology. A lot of them have the wrong technology. Maybe they've kind of bit off more than they can chew with technology. It's too complicated for them or, or it's just not the right fit for their needs. Um, but for the most part, they have no sales process. And, and I'm going to tell you, our data shows that 97 plus percent, almost 98% of operators out there have no, no sales process. And a lot hmm. of your listeners are like, whoa, wait a minute, right? And if somebody from one of the big players, oh, that he's, he doesn't know what he's talking about. We have a sales process. <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to prove you wrong on that one. Just hang with me. So let's fast forward in our time machine to tomorrow. The winners tomorrow, okay? And this doesn't matter if you have five units or 5,000, okay? The winners tomorrow are going to have the right technology for them, the perfect technology, Okay. And they're going to have the perfect sales process. The, the, the key, and, and you, you can speak a lot more to the technology side than I can. I know great technology when I see it, but that's about where my you know, expertise ends. Uh, what I do know is the sales process. And I do know that we haven't had a sales process. Most operators don't have a sales process today. And unfortunately, the ones that think they do are some of the worst case scenarios. Um, but the, the real winners that we're seeing today, they find the right technology that works for them and they adapt a right sales process. And that, that kind of leads me into answering your question, Chris, on, on what makes, you know, what makes them different. If you look at those larger players and by look at, I mean, I'm going to give you proof right now, you, as soon as we get off this podcast, listeners, I want you to go call some apartment communities. Go pick. I'm not going to name names on this call. We all know who they are, right? Go pick the <laughs> biggest of the bigs, right? You know who they are and go call their, their community. They don't have a sales process. There's no unified greeting, right? They have, they have no flow that they bring things through. Here's, here's kind of that old way of leasing apartments that they've brought into today's world that simply doesn't work today. The old way of leasing apartments does not work today. I said that twice because it's important, right? If, you, if you're <laughs> taking notes, the old way time. of leasing apartments doesn't work today. The old way is this. I'm going to call you, okay? You, you may or may not answer the phone. You're going to make me sit through some painful recording. If I get in touch with you, the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to, let me see if I can make some noises. They've all heard this on the phone. 
<laughs> you can hear what I'm doing right there. I'm clicking away at my keyboard and I'm checking pricing and availability, right? So go call some of your competitors. First thing they're going to do is they're going to click away at their keyboard and they're going to check availability. They might even put you on hold, right? And then they're going to feature dump, especially in this is, this is something that those smaller operators feel threatened by. They're like, wow, I don't have... I don't have all of the newfangled features, right? I don't, I don't have a gym with a climbing wall. I don't have an espresso bar. I don't have a climbing wall that when you climb to the top of it, there's an espresso bar that shoots espresso <laughs> in your mouth. How am I going to compete with this $200 million community? The answer is, Chris, the answer is you're going to compete by having the right sales process, okay? Most of the, that feature dumping, it actually confuses renters. It actually scares them away. Moving is scary. Moving is stressful. By survey, a lot, of, a lot of people don't realize this, but by survey, most stressful life events, Chris, getting a divorce and getting fired from your job. Tied for number two. Number one, most stressful life event by, by survey is moving. So your renters, yeah, when they call you, smaller operator, larger operator, You've got somebody that's in a state of fear, right? They're stressed. They're afraid they're going to make the wrong decision. Now, all of a sudden, these larger portfolios, they're leaning on very, very complicated, very expensive, very complicated technology. There's one of them out there. Folks, follow my YouTube channel. I, I don't, I'm not going to name the name of them. We all know who they are. They've got 56,000 units, right? So you can start bullseyeing on who it is. They spent 15 million. <laughs> million, Chris, on technology. And they use that technology to basically fire every single leasing agent. So when you call them, everything is virtual tour. Okay. It's, it's a horrible experience. I called the, I called them to show what it's like as a renter. It's terrible. Here's why this experience is so terrible and it gets worse. The larger the portfolio goes for most circumstances is today's renter has more information than ever before. Oh, and they yeah. have more choices than ever before. So that old school way of I'm going to hang around, I'm going to check price and availability, I'm going to feature dump on you, I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about the community, whether you wanted to hear it or not, and then I'm going to hope for a close with no sales process. That old way, it may have been sort of applicable in the 80s and 90s when I didn't even know if you had anything available. But now there's a million places, apartments.com, Zillow, Craigslist, Trulia, Hot Pads, right? There's 10,000 places for me to see exactly what your price is, exactly what your availability is, right? I don't need you to tell me what that is. I, I, today's renter has that information and mm-hmm. they have more choices. So the old training that these larger portfolios are giving their people, that old training, that legacy training that they're bringing over, it actually works in the favor of smaller operators because either folks at those large REITs and those large portfolios, if I'm not working with them or they haven't somehow organically figured out all of the secrets that we figured out, which I'm not bragging, but I'm just saying Trust me, they don't put the time in to figure this stuff out. They're either teaching their people a sales process that doesn't work, no sales process at all, or they're giving them misinformation or in some cases, complete garbage. 
And if you can simply teach your people, whether you learn it from me or whether you figure it out on your own, if even if you're a small operator and you're doing everything on your own, Chris, if you can figure out some of these fundamental truths and incorporate them into your sales process and combine that with the right technology for you, you don't have to spend $15 million. The right technology from you, you can create a streamlined, world-class sales process that's going to lease circles around rooftop saltwater dog washes, espresso bar climbing walls, you know, all of the all of the great features and amenities and, and all that, because that's not what is selling renters. What's selling renters today is a step-by-step process of helping them work through this really, really scary moment in their life, especially with, we've got a pandemic going on right now. So combine the stress of moving with that, right? And most of these large operators, they don't even realize, for example, there's five steps in the leasing process, right? Um, really simple stuff. Again, like I told you, really simple stuff. I've got to greet the prospect, right? Most of larger operators, they get that. They're like, oh, well, we understand that. We greet, <laughs> right? Okay. Well, what's your unified greeting? Huh? Right? What do you say when you answer the phone? You've got 56,000 units. Of course, you've given people a standardized. And by the way, I just not to get too far off track here, Chris, if you answer the phone and say, Hey, uh, thanks for calling Harmony Apartments. My name's Chris. How can I help you? Worst possible things you could ever say to a renter. Why? If you say your name when you answer the phone, they're never going to remember their name. Human beings don't talk like that. You have to allow them to unpack and say, oh, you know, I'm calling about two bedrooms, two bedroom apartment. Fantastic. My name's Chris. What's your name? Right? That's how people talk. The other thing is never say, never say, how can I help you? Where, where have you heard that before? Retail, right? When we, we're, we're classically conditioned that when we hear the words, how can I help you? I take that person that spoke those words and I put them into a box of salesperson, annoying, trying to persuade or trying to pressure me. We basically put a plaid suit on them and, and look at them as a used car salesperson, right? So when these larger operators say, oh yeah, we've got a greeting, if you call them, they're like, hey, this is Bob. How can I help you? Right? Worst <laughs> things you could ever do. Right? I digress, sure. but we'll go, we'll go into those. Let me just zip through the five steps for you. Got to greet the prospect. You got to determine their wants and needs. Okay. If you're a smaller operator and you can master this and you don't use any of the other stuff that we teach you, you will leapfrog the competition in terms of occupancy, in terms of top line revenue. You can actually charge significantly more for your apartments if you simply take the time to understand a prospect's wants and needs. Most of the larger operators, as soon as you give them any keyword like one bedroom, two bedroom, again, right back to clicking on, hold on, let me check, right? They got to figure out what, why am I saying I want a two bedroom, right? If, if Chris and I are roommates, if you and I are roommates, Chris, my wants and needs for that two bedroom are totally different than if my daughter's in that second bedroom. I think you might have a, a kid or two yourself, Chris, right? If it's, if it's a, yeah, I've got a teenage daughter. If it's a teenage daughter in the second bedroom, totally different wants and needs. You're more interested in the second bathroom because you're sick of getting glitter on your clothes, (laughs) right? Or let's say you're going to, yeah, let's say you're going to use the second bedroom as an office, right? These larger operators, they don't take any time to learn about their prospects, to understand their wants and needs. Once you figure that out, 
right? What's their current situation? What's their ideal scene? Then it's very easy for you, simple to select an apartment and build value in that apartment. Even if you only have five to choose from, if you understand that renter, very easy for you to now position your product on the top. Then you're going to make a proposal, right? Simple stuff, making a proposal. You don't need to spend $15 million on technology. Really, you can do it with a pen and a piece of paper. And then you're going to close the lease, right? Again, most most of these larger players, Chris, they don't even... They don't even know those five steps. Mm-hmm. They teach their people. Here's, here's another example. And for our smaller operators out there, this is here. here's something you're going to walk away from this podcast with. Hopefully this will change your life. I'm about to blow your mind. Most of your I'm competition. Okay. Your competition, let's say they spent $200 million on an, an apartment community. Either they've given their people no training, or here's an example of either misinformation or complete garbage. They teach their people to overcome objections. Chris, this is real estate. This is probably the first time a lot of your listeners have heard this, but you cannot overcome an objection in real estate. All right. There's some things that make our life easier and some things that make our life harder. Here's some things that make our life easier. Nobody shops for an apartment for fun. So even even if you think that your property is overpriced, even if you don't have that choice, there's a reason why they called you. Okay. Nobody's like, Hey, Chris, what are you doing this weekend? I don't know, man. Let's get a 12 pack of beer and go shop for an apartment. Right. <laughs> Nobody does Sounds that. Like a blast. Yeah. There's Sounds a reason a why time. they called you. Absolutely. <laughs> and if they called you, here's another thing that works in our favor. If they called you, they have to make a decision. There's only, there is only three options that every prospect that calls your property has. They can lease from you. They can go to a competitor or they can live in a van down by the river, okay? So nobody's doing this for fun and they have to make a decision because dumpster behind Walmart is the default to not making a decision, right? This is very different than any other purchase out there. The, the, pro- the problem is a lot of people don't realize that and then they teach people to overcome objections, right? And they create this, these larger portfolios create this tension that doesn't need to be there, right? If you're going to overcome an objection, there's only four ways to overcome an objection. None of these work in real estate. Way number one is I'm going to change the product, right? Hey, Chris, you know, your closets are too small. No problem. Let's get a sledgehammer. Gloria's on the other side of the wall. She's not even going to notice. She's a sweet old lady. We'll just knock the wall down. I'll build you the closet you want, right? I can't <laughs> change the product, okay? Number sure. two, I'm going to move the product, right? I don't like the fact that you guys aren't in the Cherry Creek School District. No problem. We'll get some of those flatbeds uh, that they haul the the windmills around on, a helicopter and four blimps, and we'll just move the building over to the Cherry Creek School. It can't do that, okay? Number three way I'm going to overcome an objection, price. And this is where the big players get this confused, right? They're, oh, we'll do a rent special. You know, we'll give away three weeks free. Our data at Leasing University shows, although there is a time and a place for playing around with your price, for doing promotions, okay? And we won't get into that in this call today, but I'm going to tell you this. If price is a true bona fide objection, you're never going to be, whether you're a small operator or a large operator, you're never going to be able to move that needle of price enough to significantly overcome it. We just can't do it. The property is going to be in default. I can't have a $2,400 a month single family home, apartment, whatever it is, and lower that price to $800, okay? The bank is going to take that away from me if I'm not able to pay my expenses. There's not enough profit 
in multifamily, even in single family to move the price that much, which leaves me to number four option on how to overcome an objection. I'm going to show you how wrong you are and how, oh, 2,400, that's too much money. No, it's not. We're priced right, right? We're, let me show you how, val how great our, we get into these arguments with our prospects over these objections. But what most of them don't realize, and if your listeners can figure this out, their deals are going to go so smooth. They're going to be able to keep their renters longer than anybody. They're going to be able to rent, whether it's a single family home or however many units they have available. If they can figure out this one thing, they're going to lease circles around those larger players. And that is this. This is a secret to real estate that nobody realizes. Nine out of 10, Chris, 90% of the things that a property manager, a leasing agent, a, a, an investment property owner, right? Even if it's just a single family home, 90% of the things that you think are an objection coming from that prospect, coming from that resident, coming from that person in terms in, in at their renewal time right? Whether they're looking at your property for the first time or you're trying to get them to renew their lease. Nine out of 10 of the things that you think are an objection, they're not objections. They're complaints. Moving is scary. Moving is stressful, right? When people are under, it's the most stressful life event. When people are under stress, they don't get positive. They don't get easy to work with. They don't get, you know, oh yeah, agreeable. They get negative, they get tense, they get loud, they get angry, right? And they complain. That's just what people do. And these large operators are teaching their people, oh, when you hear an objection, you've got to overcome it. So talk to them more about our features, our benefits, our amenities. When a lot of oh, you guys have stairs. I don't want to go upstairs. I don't like stairs. I don't like stairs either, Chris. Come on, let's go check out the kitchen, right? Ah, oh, $1,800? <laughs> You, it's so much money. I agree with you. It's a lot of money. Come on, let's check out the room where you're going to put your home office in, right? They don't have sure. the training and they end up sounding like used car salesmen, right? I don't like stairs. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to tell you a lot of the places here and the, there may be some other communities with elevators. And, you know, we thought about putting in an elevator, but we're a LEED certified green building and the amount of electricity that these stairs save, it's good for the environment. You're like, now it causes them to double down on their objection, right? And to argue with them. So 90% of these things that your people out there, as they're dealing with prospects, if they're dealing with renters, as they're dealing with even current residents on a day-to-day -day basis, are merely just little simple complaints. And they just need a system for, okay, how do I figure out what's really an objection? Meaning I have to address or handle it. I'm not going to overcome it right? And what's just a complaint? There's no perfect apartment out there for anybody. And, I, and I'm not here to poke fun at the larger operators because I work with many of them. We work with over 500 property management companies. That's not the goal of why I came on this podcast. I, my goal is I want to open everybody's mind and hopefully level the playing field a little bit. But if you're out there and you're freaked out about your competition going, I don't have I don't have the property that they do. My, my place isn't as big as theirs. I don't have the marketing budget that they have. If you can simply figure out a simple system, whether it's mine, whether you make your own, where you flow, everybody just flows. We're going to answer the phone in this exact same way. I'm going to remain calm. I'm going to remain positive. I'm going to figure out what you want, Chris, and I'm going to show you 
how my product can help you improve your life, how, how this particular home, this particular unit can really get you what you need in life. And you know what? If you want to complain about some stuff, totally fine, right? I'm going to be with you every step of the way. I'm going to work through and I'm going to have a close. These large operators, they couldn't close to save their life. And I and I speak at apartment associations all over the country and I always ask them, hey, hey, uh, so do you, have you guys been taught to close? Every single, oh yeah, yeah, we got that. We don't need any help with that. <laughs> well, what do you guys say when it comes time to close? Huh? Well, if you've been trained on how to close a lease, what are the exact words that come out of your mouth to close, they don't have one, right? And they end up with, again, terrible things like trying to do Jedi mind tricks on people. Hey, Chris, can you see yourself living here? You know, hey, Chris, <laughs> hey, Chris, do you want to fill out the application? Like Chris doesn't know where you're headed with that, right? You have to have, fair. here's exactly word for word what I say to every single prospect to get them to close. Here's how I deal with every single complaint. Here's how I deal with every, and again, not a ton of information here, but if you can figure out a sales process to where you make sure that whether it's you're the one answering the phone, or let's say you have three employees, all three of them answer the phone the exact same way. It's a great day at Harmony Apartments. What can I get you information on? Right? It's a great day at Easton Real Estate. What can I get you information on? Notice I didn't say my name right? And I didn't say, how can I help you? What can I get you information on? That doesn't trigger any, nobody's been classically conditioned on what can I get you information on? So you know what they end up doing? They end up telling you what they want information on. Well, you know, I'm wondering if you guys have anything available in the Cherry Creek School District. Cherry Creek School District, fantastic. My name's Matt. What's your name, right? Oh, my name's Chris. Chris, what's most important to you? What's most important to me is, you know, my daughter, she's getting ready to go into middle school. We're not happy with her school right now. And, uh, you know, just really, I really want a better life for my daughter. Well, got it. Cherry Creek School District. What else is, what else is important to you in the apartment? Well, I really like my daughter to have her own bathroom because that one's more on me. I'm tired of sharing a bathroom with her, right? What's your daughter's name? Oh, my daughter's name is Bella, right? Just a really simple way of handling prospects instead of, hold on, let me see if we have anything available. Chris, I have a two bedroom. It's $2,400. You can move in on the 14th of January, right? Just a simple way of taking your professionalism to the next level is really going to set you apart because at the end of the day, your renters aren't, aren't the bank, you know, they're not looking at your balance sheet. They don't care how many units you have. They care how much you care about them. People, Chris, people don't, renters, all renters do not care how big your portfolio is, right? And they also don't care how much you know. And all these big companies do is tout how large they are and they're know-it-alls when you call them, right? People don't care how much you know, Chris, until they know how much you care. And all you have to do, hey, Chris, what's most important to you? Uh, second bedroom. Why is that important to you? want to use it as an office, right? I'm, I'm trying to do these Zoom calls. I'm doing podcasts. I need a second room for me. Perfect. What do you want to see first when you get here? I'd like to see um, dog park. Why, why is that? Why do you want to see a dog park first? Oh, I've got a, a pug named him Baby Yoda, right? Just simple <laughs> questions that show that you care about that prospect. Whether sure. you're trying to lease out a single family home or a 400 unit luxury lease up, if you use those same fundamentals, what can I get you information on, right? 
What's most important to you? Why is that important? What do you want to see first? Why do you want to see that first? You're going to create this sales process that where it doesn't matter what your competition is doing, you'll lease circles around them. Yeah, that sounds like an awesome, awesome way to answer the phone, by the way. Uh, it was funny as you were talking, I was thinking back to um, some of the property management companies I worked for early on, and you are spot on in their training. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, just... Yeah, the closing questions and everything. Like you, I can tell that you know your stuff because you are quite literally spot on with everything you said about these major companies. I worked, I won't name names either, but I worked for one of the largest property management companies early on in my career about a decade ago. And uh, yeah, everything that you said is what they still teach to this day. They haven't changed it one bit. And that's why I was so excited to come on your show. Because again, I'm not here to poke fun at them and I know you're not as well, but for those smaller operators, for those smaller investors, for those smaller owners, or even a smaller management company that can't afford to make a mistake, you know, before they go and spend another $7,000 on leads, right, on marketing, Maybe time to figure out, okay, let me look at my technology. And I know a lot of them are already on Tenant Cloud. So they've got great technology that's streamlined, that's right-sized for them, right? Once you've looked at that and you make sure that you can function uh, technology-wise, maybe let's look at instead of spending more money to have more people call, let's just kind of take a look at how do we handle somebody when they do call in? You know, what's our process for following up? How do we handle it when Chris calls me and says, oh, well, you know, the place down the street, the luxury lease up's given me two weeks free. You know, that gives, that gives most smaller operators a heart attack because they can't (laughs) afford, they can't afford to not have revenue for two weeks, right? When all they had to simply do is say, Chris, I get it. I'm with you. Two weeks free, right? Be agreeable. Don't try and overcome the objection. Two weeks free right? I totally understand. Hey, Chris, let me ask you a question just out of curiosity. All things being equal, let's say I could give you two weeks free, which I can't. Where would you rather live? Well, I'd rather live here. Why? Now, if they're a smart aleck like me, they'd be like, because you're going to give me two weeks free, right? And this is why they got to have their sword and shield, which is a pen and a piece of paper. I just, I don't know if you heard just grabbed one right there, but by nature, right? You always got to have a pen and piece. Why? Because you're giving me two weeks free. Got it. Two weeks free. Why else? Well, I like the location here better. Location. Unpack that for me on location, Chris. I think you had said we're closer to your work. Yeah, you guys are closer to my work. How, how much closer are we? It's like two miles. That two miles each way or two miles round trip? Oh, t- it's two miles each way. Oh, okay. So four miles round trip. Why else? I, I, I like your parking situation better. Talk to me about the parking situation. Well, here... I have an assigned spot over there. I don't. Why else? Well, my friend, my friend Matt lives here, Matt Easton, and we like to watch UFC every weekend. Great UFC. Why else? I like the floors better here. And it's funny, people. If people listening to the podcast are like, "This guy's nuts," right? He's, in, <laughs> he's interrogating him. If you think I'm interrogating the renter by just saying "Why else?", I want you to go out for lunch today, right? You can send me the bill. Go to Chick Fil A. They mastered this a long time ago. Go through the drive-through. It'll be my pleasure to serve you. What can I get you? Well, can I get a number one combo? Fantastic. What else? Uh, an, an extra large fry. Great, great. What else? Uh, frozen custard looks 
Might as well get a frozen custard too. Awesome. What else? Before you know, you you've ordered the whole menu. Twenty seven hundred and eighty two dollars. It'll be my pleasure to serve you at the front window. It's amazing when you go through that process of well, they're giving me two weeks free. Chris, I get it. Two weeks free. I can't do the two weeks free. But Chris, for that two weeks free, and by the way, two weeks gone in an instant. Right? We're eighteen hundred bucks. What are we at? Nine. It's nine hundred dollars in rent. I get it. Nine hundred dollars. Money's important. However, for that $900, you're not going to have the location you want. You're going to spend four extra miles in the car. Here in Austin, Texas, you and I both know four miles is typically about 45 minutes of your life gone. That's five hours a week. That's 20 hours a month of your life. That's what is that? 280 hours a year, all for 900 bucks. Okay. You're not going to have the parking situation. So you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be looking for a parking space. You're not going to be able to watch UFC with Matt, right? You're going to have to get in your car and drive four miles to watch UFC with Matt. Forget having a Modelo beer during the UFC because you're going to have to drive home. (laughs) You're not going to have the floors you want. Chris, knowing all that, does it make sense to go sign the lease here, right? Really simple things that, that these big players, if I called a big community right now and said, Man, Chris down the street's going to give me two weeks free. What are you guys going to do? They're, they're going to go, hold on, and click away at their keyboard. I, <laughs> I don't have any specials. Can, you know, can't help you. Or, or, or let me talk with my regional manager and see what I can do, which is why these larger portfolios are going to start struggling in cash flow because all they do is what I would call a race to the bottom. They look at each other's promotions. They try and trump each other's promotions, right? Chris is given two weeks free. We'll give two weeks free in one day. He's given a week free. I'll give a week free and a gift card, right? In this race to the bottom builds no value with a prospect. The reason why we do it is because it's easy and because we don't have a sales process. If I, I could outsell an 800 unit luxury lease up with a single family, 1960s, well, maybe not single, garden style apartment, duplex, even single family home priced. I don't even care if my price is 500 bucks more. If I understand, Hey, Chris, you've got a daughter. You need that space to work at home. You want to be close to work. You'd like to actually ride your bike. When you do go into the office, you're hoping you go into the office sometime soon. You want your daughter in the right school district. You want your daughter to have nice friends to play with. If I can understand you, it doesn't matter if everybody else is giving away two weeks free because I understand you. And I have a process that's not pushy, that's not manipulative to where I never sound like a used car salesperson, right? Chris, I get it. I'm with you. $900 is a lot of money, right? If I could give you the $900, where would just really simple things of helping people work through these these processes? Yeah. And it sounds like uh, from the beginning of the conversation, I had mentioned something about it being a more personalized approach. And it's not in the sense of what you teach people or what people can learn in these these processes to adapt for their properties, but the approach that they take with the the customer coming to them is a personalized approach. It's a it's a yes. what can I do for you? How can I help you? Not how quickly can I get you into my rental so I can increase my cash flow? Or exactly <laughs> right. How can I pay my bills? How quickly can I get you in so I can pay my bills on time? There's exactly a, right. It's a personal element it's a not looking at everybody as a dollar sign it's looking at each person as an individual with individual concerns fears needs wants and then identifying those and then relating them back to the person 
and then connecting them with your property in a way that makes sense for them on a personal level. Yes. And not only is it a better way to do business, if people go to leasinguniversity.com and click on the testimonials, and I think we've got over a thousand, and this is incredible, Chris, I, I would have never thought this. I think we've got over a thousand testimonials. Most of them are video testimonials. People say, wow, I use this with my kids and it works. <laughs> I use it with my <laughs> wife and it works. It's simple stuff that makes sense both in your, in your professional life, in your property management life, in your, in your leasing life. Like one of the things we've got little training, even just for maintenance. My dad was in maintenance for 30 years. Wow. And I, I, I love my dad to death. I mean, my dad's my hero, but I'll be honest with the listeners. My father and I's relationship didn't start really until I was in my mid twenties. And I, Hmm. and I, and I, I I don't want to get too personal here, but I attribute a lot of that to the fact that my father was in maintenance. And when I was a kid, my dad came home after hearing all of the negativity, all of the complaints, basically working a thankless job, you know, um, and that's where our maintenance training came from. Really simple things like that sword and shield. If you're in maintenance, write the, write down what the prospect is telling you. If you write it down in front of them, remind me again what your unit number is, 407, right? And they're yelling at you, 407. And you write down 407 and it's Chris, right? Yeah, yeah, it's Chris. And they start to calm down just simply by having a pen and a piece of paper. Chris, I got it. I'm with you. 407. We've got a drip. Yeah, it's a drip. I told you guys about it 20 times. Is the drip in the kitchen sink, the bathroom sinks, or both? Well, it's in the it's in the kitchen sink, right? And you just start to communicate with them in a very specific way. You're writing everything down. Now all of a sudden things get diffused. So, like, not only do these things work in your personal life, in your professional life, even in areas where we wouldn't think, oh, well, they don't sell, they're not in sales, maintenance, right? Simple ways to handle these complaints, to handle these problems that just make everybody's life so much easier. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And Matt, I can't help but think that a lot of these things that you're bringing up, I'm it's bringing up other companies and scenarios that I've I've been through myself and I'm starting to recall all these different ways that I've seen this play out in other industries, not just in property management and landlording, but uh, for instance, the company, I believe it's Zappos, the CEO, yeah. I think is pretty famous for saying, Tony we Shea. don't sell shoes, we sell service, we sell yeah. support, we sell personalized touch. And I heard that years ago, and that one kind of touched me in how specific his mission was as a company. He His product is shoes, but that's not what he's selling. So your yeah. product might be real estate, but are you selling real estate or are you providing a service, a level of a personalized touch and showing that you care about people and their needs. And it's funny that I won't bring up the company name, but a while back years ago, um, I ran a small landscaping company and uh, all these companies that want to generate leads for you and stuff uh, would constantly reach out to me. And every time that some of them would call, they would call and just give me, like you were saying, they would just give a spiel on all of the features and what they can do for me and all this stuff. But never at any point did any of those companies that I, I can recall ever ask me, where are you as a landscaping company? How big are you? Are you trying to expand? Do you want yeah. to expand? Where's your service area? None of that stuff ever came into play. There was no questions. There was no fact finding. There was no need 
understanding the needs of what I personally needed from my company and how what they could able what they were able to provide to match my needs and my wants. And so if uh, thinking back on it, I'm like, man, if they had just done what you're saying and just taken a moment to learn about me and Absolutely. identify what I need, they might have actually sold me, but I never ended up going with any of those companies. <laughs> right. <laughs> and do, never those, did. do those landscaping, do, does the average landscaping client care if you've got an F Ford F-350 with the Cummings diesel power stroke in the brand new, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Not really. They don't care. <laughs> what they care about is, do you understand what their current situation is? You know, and, and what their ideal, my current situation is my current landscaping provider. They're always late. Right. And they screw mm -hmm. up their billing, right? The billing is always wrong. So I have no confidence in them, a, that they're going to show up on time or B that the bill is going to be accurate. And yet you would call those people in the past and they'd be like, we've got a green certified blah, blah, blah. And we recycle everything. And I'm not saying that recycling everything is not a, a, a strength. But let's figure out, the, let's find the, what's most important to you. I'm looking for a landscaping company that recycles everything. Got it. Now, why do you say that? My current landscaping company, I saw what they were doing. They were mixing everything in the bags and it just made me sick, right? Now sure. is the time to bring up the recycle. Let me tell you, let me tell you, Chris, you're not going to find that with us. We recycle everything. Um, everything goes in separate bags. I'd be happy to walk you through that stage. Instead, what they do is they feature dump. I'm, I love that you brought up Tony Shea at, at Zappos. I've actually got a picture of, of him and I together years ago, back when I had hair in in <laughs> hanging in my office. Um, yeah, same same thing. Again, these are just little little tweaks that you can make to where you don't have to be an IPO. You don't need to be a technology. You can make this tweak in your property management company right now, and you're going to find that your cash flow is going to be more stable. Your residents are going to be retained longer. And we all know if we can keep them in the unit for 10 years, they bought the unit for us, right? These are all little things that, and it costs us. Leasing university is very, very, very affordable. Like I get pressured all the time from our investors to raise the price. You don't have to spend a lot. Of, even if you just go follow me on YouTube, you can pick some of this stuff up and YouTube's free, right? Little things that if you just change your mindset, make your life a lot easier. And I can attest to that. I've actually watched um, a few of your YouTube videos. Um, and I was actually in property management directly, not working on the software side, uh, probably about three years ago or so. Um, and even just to keep in touch and to uh, make sure that I'm constantly in touch with what's going on in the real estate industry. I'll, I'll frequently watch YouTube videos and stuff on property management. And that's actually how I found you was through YouTube. Awesome. And, um, I was really impressed by a lot of the content that you brought to the table in those videos. And I can personally attest to it that yes, if you watch Matt Easton's videos, yes, you will learn quite a bit just from that. And I can only imagine the value that you bring, um, through your actual paid products, if that's what you're bringing to people on YouTube for free. Um, it's a lot you. of great content on there. Thank you so, so much for saying that. I, I really appreciate you you saying that, Chris. And that, that means a lot to me because the YouTube is a labor of love. I do it because I need to get a life. I like 
I like <laughs> I like Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I like figuring out how to lease apartments. My wife says I need maybe a few more hobbies, but whatever. I guess my car, like cars. <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, I, I really appreciate you saying that because when you spend hours and hours every week in a studio with the same group of knuckleheads looking at you and you're basically staring into a camera, you, you, you hope that this stuff is, is hitting its target. And by target, I mean helping people. Um, and that's the thing that I'm so proud of. Like if you go through our testimonials, there's single and I there's single moms on there that are like, wow, I put this into practice and not only did I crush it on my job, but I just got promoted to regional manager. I just got promoted to VP. Like you've changed. I mean, I've I literally have people like holding back tears and that some sometimes there's things that are more important than money. And I just I love it when I can help other people avoid some of the mistakes, a lot of them that I've made personally in making their life a lot harder for them. And especially on those owners and operators, we don't know who the next REIT's going to be. The next, the next hundred thousand unit REIT could be listening to this podcast right now. And maybe they've got two units, right? But maybe they figure out a way to do this better than everybody else. And if you look at how we're renting properties right now, it's pretty awful. Can you imagine if doctors operated the same way that property management companies did? And in a lot of ways, if nothing else, if people could just think of themselves more as a doctor, what's my patient's symptoms? What are they going through right now? How can That's I make them- That's a great better? analogy. You know, can you imagine if you walked into a doctor's office and you're like, hey, Dr. Easton, how you doing? My heart, right? My heart. My heart is beating out of my chest. And you immediately are like, hold on. Let me check my availability on medicine. Oh, I got these. Here, take these pills, right? I got these. Well, what's in those pills? I don't know. They're great, right? These pills are blue. These pills are, these pills come in an orange thing. They've got a label on it. Yeah, there's some warnings, but people love the warnings. Um, and you know what? I can give you two weeks of these pills for free, right? Maybe some <laughs> of the listeners are out there going, that's the problem with our healthcare system, but maybe that's a podcast <laughs> for another day. But if we could, Chris, that's another good podcast me, idea. Yeah. Talk to me about what's going on with your heart, right? Is it beating fast when you wake up? Is it beating fast when you go to sleep or is it beating fast all the time? Right? What's your kind of ideal What's your ideal situation? What's going on in your life? Are you sleeping good? What, how can we make your life better? If we just thought of ourselves more like a doctor trying to help and, and take that, I realize we want to get the lease, but take all that pressure that, you know, hey, if you don't sign right now, the apartment's going to be gone. Take all that garbage and just put it off to the side and say, let me learn what I can about Chris. I'm going to take, even if Chris says, totally out of my budget, great. I'm going to ask Chris very simply, Chris, I get it. I'm with you. It's out of your budget. When you say budget compared to what you're paying right now for rent, other places you're looking at or what you expected to pay, right? That's how a professional handles that. These amateurs at these big companies, oh, that's out of my budget. Hold on. Let me check and see if I can find something cheaper, right? Immediately clicking away. I don't have anything cheaper. Can't help you, right? What an intelligent question to ask. Oh, 1200 bucks. It's out of my budget. Got it. I'm with you. Notice how I agree with you every step of the way. Got it. I'm with you. Hey, Chris, just out of curiosity, when you say 
Do you mean compared to what you're paying right now? By the way, when somebody, there's a, we already established this, right? There's a reason why they're calling you. Nobody shops for an apartment for, they hate where they're living right now. Compared <laughs> to where you're living right now, right? Other places you're looking at were what you expected to pay. Do you know how many people used to live in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, and are now looking for a place in Oakland, California? And they're like, I'm, yeah, based on what I expected to pay. Chris, I'm totally with you. When I moved to Oakland, I felt the exact same way that you did. What I found is it's expensive to live in Oakland. And I totally <laughs> understand that you want to stay within your budget. If you don't mind, Chris, can we put the budget just off to the side for one second? And let's talk about what the perfect place for you looks like. And if I have something, I'll do my best to you know fit it in your budget. If I have something, great. If not, you know, I'm kind of an expert in the industry. I could help point you in the right direction. But what's most important to me, Chris, whether you live with us or somebody else, is that we find the right place for you. Fair enough. Now, all of a sudden, that person that was like, budget, budget, budget is, is like, where did this person come Completely from? different outcome. Completely different outcome, right? You know, just little things that you can, they could listen to this podcast over and over again, record this. If they just put the things that I've mentioned on this podcast into practice, it will change their life. You know, what's most important to you? Budget. Why is that important? Because I'm broke, right? You get the most difficult person calling you. Got to be under 900. Got to be under 900. Got to be under 900, right? Most places be like, I don't have a place under 900. I can't help you, right? Got it. I'm with you on the under 900. Hey, by the way, I think we might have something for you. You know, if you got here, what do you want to see first when you get here? Oh, oh, well, I want to, I want to see the, I want to see the dog park or if it's a single family home, I want to see the backyard. Why do you want to see that? Oh, because I've got a brand new pub pucky puppy named baby Yoda. Right. I love that. <laughs> I bought a stroller. I bought a stroller for my pug. I have outfits. For, you should have seen my pug on Halloween. Right. I'll spare no expense for that dog. Right. My dog gets massages every week. I haven't had a massage in 30 years. Now, all of a sudden, that person that was like price, 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 price. If you just don't fight with them. Right. I get it. I'm with you. I understand. Right. Let's put that off to the side. What do you want to see? Now, all of a sudden, they're like, they'll blow their budget completely out of the water if you show them, hey, here's where baby Yoda is going to play. Right. Or if it's a single family home, here's the backyard. Baby Yoda is going to be running around. It's going to be fantastic. I think there's a pug right down the street. Right. Just take and learn, just like with your landscaping example, learn the in every single renter, tops, tops. There's only three to five things that they care about. And out of those three to five things, there's one or two that are mission critical. Okay. And if you can figure out what those one or two are and show them the value in solving those one or two problems, you're going to get the lease. It doesn't matter how, how badass the competition is, how much money they're spending on marketing. You, you understood that person's problem. Yeah. And if you take the, if I'm, I'm hearing a lot of what you're saying correctly, and I think I am, because um, like I said, I, I've seen some of your videos touching on this very subject as well. Um, when you're asking these questions, you're taking a lot of those and they're bullet points for you to, I, I'd like to refer to it maybe as darts that you're putting in your back pocket. Yes. And you put those darts in your back pocket every time they answer 
questions, you put the dart in your back pocket and you remember it and you say, okay, yes. well, they have a dog. They care about their dog. You put yep. another dart in your pocket, say they, they care about the school district for their teenage daughter. And yes. you put another one in your back pocket. They care about, they can ride their bike to their job and so on and so forth. And each of those little things is a little dart that you can then mm-hmm. throw and hit right in the bullseye as yep. you repeat back to them. Great. I understand you care about this, 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 and this. And when you've hit all of those on the bullseye, I mean, you win the game, right? Yes. And Chris, you, 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 I'm congratulations. You do get it. You're, 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 you're tracking along perfectly. And if you don't mind, I'm going to steal your dart example. The only tweak that I would make to that is I don't, for the listeners that like never see me again, they don't call us at leasing university or like, I don't want to watch that guy's YouTube videos. It's not going to hurt my feelings. Let's say we never (laughs) meet again. Just change the back pocket to, I don't know if they can hear that, but always, I always have a legal pad with me wherever I go in a pen. I prefer a Sharpie. Um, my, we call it the Legion of leasers. I know it's cheesy, uh, but the, the folks <laughs> in, works. we're all proud to be in the Legion of Leasers, the army of apartment maniacs. Everybody in the Legion knows what I'm talking about. When I say sword and shield, your sword is your pen and your shield is your notepad. You have to, even if you're an OG and you've been in the business for 25 years, you have to always have never go into battle without your sword and shield. You have to write this stuff down. And I remember from our example, I still have my darts and I'm going to steal your dart thing, Chris location four miles parking ufc with matt better floors okay i have all five was it five one two yeah i have all five of those bullet points i just wrote them down on a piece of paper if you're not writing things down it's going to kill you if nothing else if you don't remember anything from the podcast if you don't save this podcast and re-listen to it if you don't do the greeting you don't do the all things being equal all some of those little things that i showed you just start writing and you don't, I have the worst writing. I can't spell to save my life. Just write down little scribbly notes. And like, like you said, Chris, put those in your back pocket, but just have it on a piece of paper because what ends up happening, there's a psychological phenomenon that even when you're right, if you remember something 98% of the time, and especially when it's game time, right? And you're actually in front of a prospect. If you don't have it written down, you won't have the confidence. You'll be like, did I get that right? Was it four miles or was it 40 miles or was it a half mile? Is Matt the guy (laughs) with the dog or is that, or is that Randy, right? You don't have the confidence. So you skip over it and you end up skipping over the most important stuff. So just like the landscaping, hopefully they would have their pen and piece of paper and they'd be like, he's concerned about accuracy on billing and on time arrivals. Right. And then if they have that written down, If it's a phone call, they can keep coming back to it. Or in person, I like it better. If you guys could see, I'm holding a, that's the noise of the cap coming off, if they can hear it, black Sharpie. I like a black Sharpie because I can write down in big, bold letters, billing, on-time arrival. And then what I can do is I can circle that in front of you, right? Chris, you told me what was most important to you is being in that Cherry Creek School District, right? Did I miss anything? And the fact that you're writing it down also plays a big psychological role in the person that you're speaking to, especially if they can see the fact that you're writing it down, because that Mm -hmm. tells them that you are A, listening, and B, that you are taking what they're saying as value to yourself. Yeah, and seriously, if you and I were going in and uh, knock on wood, you know, let's say we were going in to get heart surgery next week, would you want the person talking to you 
writing down what you're saying or would you, Oh no, I got this man. Hey bro, I've been doing this for, I got this man. Now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to Vegas the weekend before, but don't worry. I got this. Or do you want somebody's like, Chris, I want to make sure that I understand right now. When you say your heart's beating, unpack, you know, little words that we teach at least unpack that for me. Right. Tell me more about that. Right. Because that's, it's, it's funny these large companies figure out so much about like, how do I get somebody off the fence? How do I persuade them to, to lease our stuff? I know. And they go to the teenager with the gold MacBook that works in the marketing department. And they're like, uh, Instagram, right? We'll, we'll throw social media posts at them. And I'm not saying anything bad about social media, but if you want to get somebody off the fence, if you want to get them to decide with you, the easiest way to do that, Chris, is to figure out what got them on the fence in the first place, right? When you say better kitchen, unpack that for me. What do you mean? Do you mean a larger kitchen? Do you mean a nicer kitchen? Do you mean a newer kitchen? Oh, well, I can't open. My current kitchen is so small. And by the way, I lived in a kitchen like this at one point in my life. <laughs> Couldn't open the dishwasher and the cabinet that was in front of the dishwasher, that lower level cabinet at the same time. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about it because I was like 20, I think I was 24. It was a one bedroom. It's 580 square feet. Shout out to, um, uh, what was the name of that? Something court apartments in Denver, Colorado. <laughs> um, yeah. It didn't seem like a big deal until I realized, wait a minute, I have limited space in this tiny kitchen. How do I get the dishes from the dishwasher into the cabinet? I didn't figure that out until I signed the lease. Uh, what the, the answer, Chris, <laughs> the answer for our listeners that are playing at home is you had to open the dishwasher, take every single dish out, set it <laughs> on the counter, close said dishwasher, and then open the cabinet double, right? It was terrible, right? If they wrote that down, if I just said kitchen and you're like, okay, cool, our kitchens are great, right? But if you wrote, if, unpack that for me. My kitchen right now is so small, I can't unload the dish. Oh, man. That's that is terrible. That sounds like the single most frustrating thing I've ever heard. How does that how's that working for you? It's not. All of my stuff sits in the sink and it stinks, right? Now if you have that written down when Chris shows up, Chris, what's most important to you is that kitchen. I'm going to show you 407, you're going to love it. The first thing when we walk through the door, the first thing that you're going to see off to your left is the kitchen, okay? You're going to have total space to move around, you're going to be able to unpack your dishes. It's going to be fantastic, right? Does that still match what you need? Yeah, man, that sounds great. Did I miss anything? No, I just want to improve my kitchen. Has anything changed since we last spoke? Right. Well, I did talk to the place down the street. They're offering two weeks free. Got it. Right. Now you know exactly. Boom, 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 boom. Checklist. Right. And you're writing all of this. Everything that we teach is all around like checklist organization. I stole that selfishly. I stole that from pilots because I'm like, dude, if I'm getting on your airplane. You, you bet I want you to have a checklist and be going through that. So we use the same type of analogies in our training. Like we're going to take this plane off and I want to make sure that this flight goes as smooth as possible. So everything's written down. I'm following the steps. I'm writing things down. I am not taking anything for granted. Matt, this is excellent. Excellent, excellent information. And I feel Thank like you. this podcast is quite possibly, like you said at the start, will quite likely be the most valuable podcast our listeners have probably heard to date. Uh, mostly because would make me most, of the, <laughs> most of the podcasts have just been 
me um, talking about a lot of property management related stuff. And while there's a lot of great content in those podcasts, I believe that one of the areas that people are potentially um, needing the most right now is this information on leasing and how to outperform their competitors. And um, because of the, the playing field in property management and the rental industry has kind of changed over the past year as everybody clearly knows and understands. And so people are grappling for how to adapt to those changes. And I feel like this information kind of, like you said, levels the playing field to where there's a standard approach to it. Just nothing's really changed. Some of the some of the methodologies, some of the methodology, some of the equipment, some of the software, some of those things might have changed. Some of the people's fears may have changed. Some people's circumstances may have changed due to things like the pandemic. But at the end of the day, this approach is a very personal approach and it doesn't change no matter what else is changing around you. As long as you focus on the individual and you focus on helping people solve their problems address their wants and needs. That is the approach that no matter what else is going on around, those things remain consistent. It's all about the other person. And I feel like this information is extremely valuable. It's what people need to hear right now. And even in people who may not currently be in a market where they're facing high competition or anything of that nature, maybe they're they have a vacant unit and it leases in three days. That's fantastic. But it may not always be like that. And it's always better to adapt these um, principles and these approaches early on, because the more that you practice it, the better that you are when it comes time to implement it, or you should just be implementing it in general, no matter whether you're leasing in three days or not, you should just be taking this approach in general, in my opinion. Um, and like you said, it's applicable to every area of life, not necessarily just leasing, but if you're focusing on people and helping to solve their problems, uh, I think it'll take people a long way whether it's in the rental industry or not. So yeah. um, I absolutely value your time and you coming here. And I know we've gone quite a bit longer than what we had initially discussed uh, about the podcast. Um, but I, I, and I know that you did most of the talking, hopefully you didn't mind me just staying quiet. I just felt like you were providing so much information, so much value to the listeners that I just kind of wanted to sit back and just let you talk. And so I really well, thank appreciate Thank you so much for having appreciate me. Appreciate that. I, I really appreciate being here. Any, anytime I can uh, come back and help, um, just deal me in. I, I love your listeners. I've been where they're at. I understand their fears, their frustrations, their hopes and their dreams. And if there's anything that I can ever do to, to help, you know, your listeners, uh, they, you know, just, they, they know where to find me, find me on YouTube, leasinguniversity.com. You can call the offices. My people will hopefully answer and say, it's a great day at leasing university. What can I get you information on? <laughs> um, and wherever I'm at in the world, they'll know where to find me. Even if, you know, the listeners just need somebody to, to vent, need a shoulder to cry on, um, or, or, you know, some words of encouragement. I, I'm here for your listeners hundred percent. And that concludes this Tenant Cloud podcast. As always, we appreciate Matt for joining us on the Tenant Cloud podcast, and I hope that you found a ton of value in what Matt discussed in this podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Matt and Leasing University, the information is available in this podcast description below, as well as at leasinguniversity.com. You can also use the code TenantCloud to get 15% off any Leasing University training product. 
As always, if you found value in this podcast, please feel free to share it with any friends, families, or coworkers, and also rate us on our podcast wherever you're listening to this, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, or any other podcast platform. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to talking with you next time.